We start with some sad business news as Linda's Bar and Grill on Franklin Street has announced that they are closing. Owner Christopher Carini has run Linda's since 2011. Popular Bar has been struggling since the pandemic closures of 2020. A GoFundMe to help save the bar last October raised just $35,000 of the $135,000 goal. They will stay open through Friday of this week to give customers a chance to say goodbye. And Linda's has been open for 47 years on on Franklin Street there. You can read more about Linda's and more comments from Carini on Chapelboro.com. Got another week's worth of respiratory virus data from state health officials. And it's another week of those numbers going up. We uh, remember that hospitalizations and COVID wastewater particles were up the last several weeks. And for hospital admissions, this is the ninth consecutive week of increases. Once again, hospitalizations for the flu outpaced hospitalizations for COVID. That's the second week in a row that that's happened. The 923 hospital admissions for COVID is still well under last January when that number was up near 1,600. Reminder that this is also the first week of some new temporary visitor restrictions at UNC hospitals. All kids 11 and under and any adults showing respiratory symptoms will be prohibited from inpatient visits and waiting areas. This affects hospitals, UNC hospitals in Chapel Hill, Hillsboro, and Siler City. Got some local news news to share with you now. At the end of January, Womack Publishing, the parent company of both the Mebane Enterprise and the News of Orange County, has decided to merge those publications into one paper. Haven't quite figured out all the details yet, but we do know that the Mebane Enterprise office on 4th Street in Mebane, which has been open by appointment only for the last year or so, will be closed and the papers will be produced from the News of Orange office on King Street in Hillsborough. Turning now to some transportation news. North Carolina is among the states seeing a recent resurgence in passenger rail. Ridership numbers climbed another year in 2023. News that the federal government is chipping in more than $1 billion for a new high-speed rail line has reinvigorated investment into the transit option. 97.9 97.9 The Hills' Brighton McConnell spoke with a transit researcher to learn how that could make a big difference for North Carolina and to get more details about the latest project. He filed this report. This route has been a long time coming and is a historic investment which will bolster North Carolina's transportation infrastructure. That is U.S. Congresswoman Valerie Fushi, who represents North Carolina's 4th District that covers Orange and Durham counties. She was joined on stage by Governor Roy Cooper, U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, and others to announce a federal grant going to a new high-speed rail line between Raleigh and Richmond. The $1.09 billion grant will go towards supporting the first segment of the passenger S-Line route, which will reestablish tracks on a freight route that used to run between the North Carolina and Virginia capital cities. Fushi serves on the House Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure and said with the state growing at the third fastest rate in the country, projects like the S-Line are key to easing current and future transit burdens. Our local infrastructure is struggling to keep up with the demands that come with the rapid growth in our area, and I am confident that this passenger rail will help further transportation expansion throughout the state while supporting local families and businesses that rely 
on passenger rail day in and day out. The grant is the largest awarded in the history of North Carolina's Department of Transportation and comes as the state is seeing a noticeable uptick in passenger rail ridership. The department reported toward the end of 2023 that it was on track for the highest ridership numbers in North Carolina by train's history, and October 2023 marked the highest monthly ridership on record. Matthew Palm, who is an assistant professor in UNC's City and Regional Planning Department, agrees with the elected officials that the project and grant will be critical to boosting passenger rail. Palm also pointed to $3.5 million awarded in planning grants to further expand North Carolina's normal passenger rail to cities not yet served, like Asheville, Winston-Salem, and Wilmington. He said that's another encouraging sign. With all these people coming, there's going to be a higher demand for that inner-city travel for business, for work, but also for recreational and leisure activities. And if all those people just end up going onto our highways, our, our system is going to be clogged. And that's not going to be good for the economy. It's not going to be good for quality of life. And so we kind of need an all of the above approach where we're really investing in these other modes like rail. Palm's research at UNC looks at how transportation planning affects populations and how improving transit access can also improve individuals' lives and regions' economies. He said a common thread in areas with abundant passenger rail is economic boost once that transit provides a faster option for people to travel, establish partnerships, and conduct business together. Palm added, You also see potential for more efficiency in housing markets because now you're opening up new areas uh, for people to live because their commute times can be a lot shorter in between cities. The Raleigh to Richmond rail line, though, is a very long-term project. Such high-speed rail options do not exist right now in the United States, with the Amtrak Acela train in the Northeast and the Bright Line in Florida as the two closest comparisons. Palm said because this will be a relatively new form of transit for the U.S., people should pump the brakes on thinking this rail line will be operational soon. But, Palm added, North Carolina earning the federal grant and seeing renewed interest in passenger rail is a stop in the right direction for building out a more extensive, connected network in the future. We're just getting started, but we have the right mix of a growing population, a need, and political will from both sides of the aisle, which is very exciting. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Brighton McConnell. Thank you, Brighton. You can find a print version of that story over on Chapelboro.com. Time's now 4.20. It is time to look into the world of sports, and we start with some football news. I think it probably doesn't come as a surprise to folks paying attention. UNC defensive coordinator Gene Chizik and defensive line coach Tim Cross have been relieved of their duties as coaches for UNC football. As announced earlier today, we learned that senior defensive analyst Ted Monashino will take over for Cross as the defensive lines coach, and the program will embark on a national search to select Chiswick's replacement to lead the defense. Chiswick is a longtime friend of head coach Mac Brown. In a statement, Brown said, quote, Gene Chiswick is one of the best football coaches I've shared the sideline with in my 46 years of coaching. He continued, we met extensively following the season, and despite the improvements from last season to this, we mutually agreed that parting ways would be in the best interest for both he and the program. Again, that's head coach Mac Brown talking about the departure of defensive coach Gene Chizik. 
You can read more in the news article on chapelboro.com. We turn to basketball now, where UNC pulled off what feels like a pretty important win on the road at Pitt. They came into the game ranked 8th after dismantling Charleston Southern last week, and they look like they've earned that top 10 ranking in earnest. Pitt's been a tough out for the Tar Heels of late, and it didn't start great. It's more than six minutes into the game before the Tar Heels even scored. They quickly got back into the game and then took the lead just as the first half came to a close. Inbounds to R.J. Davis, to Cadeau, back to Davis. His three at the horn, count it! Davis swishes it home at the buzzer. R.J. with the buzzer beater there to close out the first half. He finished with 15, and you know what? That means that somebody else got to lead the team in scoring for a change. It was Armando Baycott. He had 16 points and 10 caroms. Those 16 points gets him over 2,000 for his career. He's the seventh Tar Heel to reach that mark. Here's Coach Davis after the game. A great place to show that the guys fought tonight is we out-rebounded Pitt. You know, that's the second straight game that we've out-rebounded our opponent. Pittsburgh is the best rebounding team in our conference. And not only did we keep them off the offensive glass, we went to the offensive glass. It was fantastic. And I'm just really proud of the guys, just the way that they stepped up in in pressure situations on both ends of the floor. And to see their smiles at the end of the game was just priceless. It's awesome. It's one of the best wins. It's just a really happy locker room. And I'm just really excited for this team and this program. UNC basketball head coach Hubert Davis speaking there. Audio courtesy of the Tar Heel Sports Network. UNC plays again Saturday at noon on the road again as they visit Clemson. On the women's side for basketball, Alyssa Usby named one of five USBWA and Myers-Drysdale National Players of the Week. Usby had 21 points and 11 boards in their last game. Over to women's tennis now. Preseason rankings are out. Women's tennis ranked number one in the nation for UNC. On the men's side, the team checks in at number 13 in the nation. Meanwhile, in lacrosse, UNC men's lacrosse released their 2024 regular season schedule yesterday. Carolina will open the season with two neutral site games. They'll visit Atlanta to face Mercer on February 10th. Then they'll be in Bethesda, Maryland to face Fairfield on February 17th. Home openers not until February 24th when John Hopkins will be in town. Start time TBD on that one. They are ranked 19th to start the season. Over on the women's side, Tar Heels ranked number three in USA Lacrosse's preseason top 20 poll. They sit behind defending national champion Northwestern at number one and defending runner-up Boston College checking in at number two.